You're listening to Between Two Bridges, a business-to-business podcast. With your hosts, Anthony R. Destiny, Joe Ferrani, and Jerry Kenna. Interviewing entrepreneurs, business operators, and investors. This episode of Between Two Bridges is sponsored by Paymark Payroll. Payday is the most important day to your most important people. And Payday is made easy at www.payyourpeople.com. We're here with another episode of Between Two Bridges, B2B. Uh, my name's Anthony Ardestin. Joseph Ferranti. Jerry Kenna. Dave Trafficking. So uh, how much Bitcoin you own? Let's start there. Um, <laughs> I, know, I, I do own a little bit. Yeah? Uh, my brother... Two coins? Three coins? My brother and I, a couple years ago, uh, bought into it, and it's less than like a thousand dollars worth of oh, all right. Bitcoin. So I, I, I didn't get in early on it, but I, I did buy some. Okay. How about Doge? I have I own a, I own a little bit of Shiba, a little to bit of man. Bitcoin, <laughs> and uh, I don't remember if I have, I don't I think I want Ethereum. Is what I went for. Okay. Yeah, no, no Doge. Doge made a drive this morning. It was up to about fucking nine cents. <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh at those uh, videos where people. The guy has like the thumb drive with like three hundred million on it or yeah. some crazy yeah, number. Right. He's like, Look right. at these hackers, can you can you find this and <laughs> hack this? The one guy had like one attempt left. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, dude, I yeah. got you, bro. Give me a million bucks and I'll do yeah. it. And then I'd be like, ah, fuck it up. <laughs> and then there was another guy I hear I heard that he uh, accidentally threw it away. Yeah. And Ooh. he tried to go through like the landfill, the, the landfill <laughs> and find his thumb drive and oops. Yeah. I got thumb drives I found at the dry cleaners. We should probably plug them in and see what the fuck's on them things. Yeah, you might be on the Bitcoin. <laughs> like 38 Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're good. Life how about good. the guy that paid? I remember. I don't remember how many Bitcoin he paid. It was like 100 Bitcoin or something for a pizza. Oh, yeah, Papa <laughs> oh, John's. Yeah, 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 yeah. First transaction. Yeah, Papa John's. Yeah. Well, they were uh, one-fourth of a cent Yeah. at that point. Let's fill in how you got there. You know, how'd, how'd you start? How'd you get here? Type um, of thing. Sure. Where are you from? Sure. So born and raised in Oakmont, Verona area. Went to Riverview, uh, played football there. Um, my path, I guess, to explain that, I, I uh, went to Clarion, had a, a football scholarship up there. Never finished Clarion, never finished schooling. Um, what I'm did just you want to be when you grew up? I had no, I, I wanted to play Pleasure video major. games. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. Visual um, arts then. Yeah, no, for me, I went to school for uh, for business yeah and i always for for me when it comes to studying i'm a naturally curious person Mm -hmm. but if i don't care about the topic don't fucking bother me like i remember (laughs) i remember in college there was like european arts of like the 1400s i'm like (laughs) I gotta find a cute girl or I gotta find somebody that like I can uh, listen even the cute yeah, girls didn't listen, like fucking yeah. art of the 1400s so, so for me um, and to this day I'll nerd out and then I'll look 
every perspective and, and, and try to learn every angle possible on things that I like. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm not interested in it, don't bother me. Um, so school for me, that, 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 you know, your first two years of schooling, what is it? It's all general ed. It's a joke. And, uh, <laughs> you know, not, not that school's unimportant. I don't want to say that, but mm. for me, it's just not set up to how I, to how I, how my mind works and, and my attention span and, my probably undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, correct. Um, so yeah, so so I. Uh, Did you play receiver or what? Yeah, definitely <laughs> running back. Uh, so I had uh, I was up in. Uh, Talk in my, about ADD. Yeah, so I um, played a clarion for a year. Ended up leaving, coming back, moving at home, and uh, worked at uh, one of our local pizza shops. Nice. Um, then I got a job at uh, at a barbecue restaurant up at Smoky. Uh, I almost said the name, but uh, you guess it don't matter. Smoky yeah. Bones. Yeah. So I worked up there uh, for a little bit of time, and I always knew like I had to always try to have one foot forward. Right? You can't stay stagnant. If you stay stagnant, you're dead in the water. Especially if you don't have a, a degree. Right? That's just a lot of people put a lot of weight into that. So got into management at, at Smoky Bones. One of my regulars, uh, his name's Ed, um, the one day he was like, hey, man, you ever think about getting into financial services? And I'm like, I don't know what that is. You know? <laughs> yeah. So um, he's like, check it out. So I interviewed with him, um, ended up going out, getting my insurance exam. Um, that's the life accident health exam. And, and uh, started with, a, it was a Fortune 500 company. Had success right away. Um, within the first 18 months of being with them. Is that um, cold calling or like what's the day I'll, in a life? I'll, sh- I'll share that uh, okay. with you as yeah. far as like, you know, how to gain clients or how I did it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was 22 uh, when I, when I started um, in the financial services industry. Um, the, what was I going to say? Oh, so I had, I had immediate success, um, was promoted to a manager very quickly. I was the youngest one in the company. So I was proud of that. Um, it was like 24, something like that, wow. running a staff of individuals. I think I had nine people working for me. Um, as far as how I gained clients, uh, being 22, none of my buddies wanted to buy any insurance. <laughs> yeah. None of them had money to put into, in, into investments. Right. Um, and their parents looked at me as the guy that screamed out inappropriate things at funny moments. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, they're not going to roll, roll over. Your, your Rolodex wasn't yeah, that Exactly, right. exactly. Right. So um, just tried to tried to always, and I always tried to find good people to emulate. One of the things that uh, a pet peeve in my life is when people take advice from folks that aren't where you want to be, right? And I think uh, sometimes we fall victim to that. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll listen to the guy that's making 500 a year all day, every day. Yeah. Um, I will not listen to the person that's been through five divorces and, you know, thinks America sucks. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to that person. So um, as far as, like, you know, bringing on clients, cold calling, seminars, trying to uh, doing a ton of networking, always just try to refer myself up. Um, tried to find ways to create value and, uh, you know, again, had success, actually had a disagreement with my boss. Um, so I, I went back into personal production when I went and did that, I worked, uh, in the insurance business, uh, as a registered representative. And then I also was working actually at Olive Garden for a little bit cause I needed to 
build it back up again, right? Um, Breadsticks. I mean, listen, <laughs> they're delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I ended up doing that for probably about eighteen months. Uh, worked for myself. Worked worked at Olive Garden maybe for thirteen months. Um, got an opportunity to 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 work for somebody else, same company. But he and I had more of a uh, similar philosophy on how we wanted to, to work in the industry. Went and worked for them. Uh, worked for the firm total 11 years. Left them uh, and, and joined the current firm that I'm with now. Uh, worked there for, for about 15 months as, as an independent, uh, as somebody that was in production. And then uh, now I'm a director uh, with that same firm. Um, so I, I do personal production. I'm very just selective with who I work with. So my existing client base, um, I still bring on new clients, but again, I'm, I'm selective. I don't, I don't just take on anything anymore. Um, and I mentor, and I mentor, you know, advisors coming into the business. So, so that's kind of a path on, okay. on how I got to where I'm at today. Also officiate football. <laughs> well, we so, so we can we can get the bad brick go, bad yeah. call brick out whenever um, you guys want. What do you think's going on with officials these days? Is it I mean you don't go to school for that, right? Is there you got to work your way up type of thing. Yeah, so you know, in order to become an official, you you have to pass the exams. Um, they're not overly complicated. Uh, Is there an eye what, test? What was funny is is this last year I had an eye appointment and my vision with my glasses is better than 2020. Uh And I had somebody say to me like, did you see that ref? And I was like, just so you know, in my car, (laughs) I have have proof. It's like 30, 20 vision or whatever it is. And he still didn't like the call. But yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, I I officiate youth instructional football all the way up to semi-pro. Um, I'm on a football crew for the for the varsity uh, football team, or I guess I should say varsity crew for varsity games. Um, uh, you know, what's challenging is is that there's a lot of accumulation and there's a lot of discretion from. Can you throw a flag every play? Absolutely, um, but you also warn people throughout games too. Yeah, and then at some point. You got to call it right, and uh, sometimes uh, it's unfortunate that it happens during like a touchdown, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, I love every second of it. Gets me out there. I'm a part of the game. I love football. Um, I uh, feel like it taught me a ton in my life. It's made me. I'm not saying I'm successful, but it's made me um, have the tools to be successful. And. Uh, you know, when it comes to August through November, mm-hmm. I'm tickled pink because yeah. I know I'm out on the football field three to four times a day or three to four times a week, I should say. And uh, I'm excited to get booed. Gives me a little, <laughs> little little pep in my step. Some of the some of the things people say to you, it, it, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, they kiss their mother with that mouth, yeah. you know, but uh, I love it. I, you know, I, uh, I look forward to doing it hopefully for a long time and. I, I, I aspire to, to make it to the collegiate level, et cetera. Oh, really? You're you, you I, I looking want to, to go that direction? Yeah, I would say, you know, something that I always try to do, again, just as I had mentioned earlier, I always try to take advice from folks that are in positions that I want to be in. So part of that is finding a mentor professionally, personally, whatever. So um, 
I definitely would would love to try to make it to D three, D two, D one. I I would absolutely love it. You yeah, know, I I think it's just so fun, so cool. Um, I can't play football anymore. I'm too old. I'm out of shape. Alumni yeah. games, bro. Be Listen, I tr- I tried that. <laughs> Remember when uh, the Blind Side came out? Yeah. And then after that, they were like traveling around the United States, and you could have like your old alumni game. Yeah, I like yeah. was running five yards and twisted my ankle and couldn't walk right for like six R- months. Riverview got stomped, be fed through three hundred picks. Yeah, um, I-, I was in that. He game. had a one hitter. So how do pad. you how do you pursue that? Like, how do you get? Do you just is it is it just a regular job you apply for the job and you're, you're talking as a football official yeah like for like do, college you, level if you wanted to try to get to a college level yeah so um throughout the whole thing you need to establish yourself and and, and basically be recommended so you know you, you have your your youth games where you know you make a bad call You'll get, you know, bubblegum thrown at you and whatever, but it's not that big of a deal. And then naturally, you know, as you go up in the in the higher caliber games, um, you Much get recommended, right? And, and I'm not shy to ask for anything, right? Um, so I, as soon as I started, our uh, they're called an assigner, so they'll assign our games. Um, I told them right away, I'm like, listen, this is what I want to do. I want to get to college. And um, I don't want to do it in an undeserving fashion, but I want you to – be clear and understand this is what I'm trying, this is what my goal is, what I want. Right, I want to work towards this, right? And um, one guy just started recently working with that, I think he's out of the Big Ten. Uh, He did one of the bowl games uh, here recently. You know, I told him, I said, hey, listen, we're going to review my varsity football film, but I want to be treated like I'm D1, like I want that expectation. And it's kind of funny, the first thing he said, he was like, you got to lose weight. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's first step, right? That's if I if that's what I want to do, that's what I got to do, yeah, right? That's and, the first heckle you're gonna get. That's the well. The reality is, is that you got to pass an eye test, right? You you don't see like seven. Ed Hockley's been in the game long yeah. enough. Like. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I don't know if I'll get away with just doing curls the whole time, but you know, you got to have, uh, you know, you got to pass the eye test. You don't see eight three hundred pounders officiating a football game just because of the optics of it. Not that they couldn't. But the optic, optics of it is, is, isn't – you're not going to be taken seriously. Yeah. You know, so it's just what it is. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's – you know, you, I th- the way I'm going about it, whether it's the right way or the wrong way, you, there's people that have influence um, from, from one level to the next, whether it's getting onto a varsity crew, whether it's getting onto a D3, D2, whatever, you got to be recommended for it. They, you know, they, they'll get a call saying, hey, who do you got for me? And they'll say, oh, you know – Talk to Dave Trafficant. He's he's somebody that's has the capability and he has he has the drive to do it. Right. Or 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 obviously they don't say that because you don't. So um, so yeah, that's that's how you go about it. We've talked about it here in this room before with our, our first guest, and I, it was about being you know you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You never want to be that guy. Hundred percent agree. You know? So and uh, he did. He's doing well for himself and. It's something that like I never really put much thought into. Sure. But then when you start looking at like the room you're in, you're like, I need to find a better room. <laughs> you know, like. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, I'm not talking about this room. This room's sweet. I love it. Yeah, guys. this is a good room. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a believer. You're you're the average of your five closest friends. I'm a hundred percent a believer in that. Whether it's mine, whether it's you know your your perception, income, whatever it is. Um, so I, I'm very very selective on who I spend time around and. I don't alienate, alienate some of your old friends. That's just how Part it works, it. you know. And and not that you, you know, you're not out and you see them there. Not that you wouldn't buy them a beer or say hello to them and give them a hug. But 
you know, it's just one of those things that that's how it works. Yeah, you're not going to pick up the phone and call them and ask them for advice because it's just a waste of time. Don't want to be in the spot that they're in. Yeah. Why would I ask? Why would I ask? What yeah. your parents do? So my my parents are split. Uh, my mom, she uh, had a had a cleaning business. Mm. Um, she got remarried. Uh, and my father, same thing. He got remarried, and then he uh, had a had a small business down in Wilkinsburg. Okay. Um, he uh, had a convenience store. So nice. you pop in there, grab a Turner's iced tea, and play a lottery number, and Is he have still some there? laughs. No, he retired okay. a while ago. But uh, you know, he, my grandfather opened up the place. He then uh, you know took it over from my grandfather, and I'd work there on Saturdays. That's how I'd make my money. You know, growing up, and you know, there's many times that I fell asleep you know, right on the countertop, <laughs> and so he's like knocking, like, "Hey, can I pay for this?" And um, you know, it's uh, you know how it is when you're young. You stay up late, and you gotta yeah. wake up early because it's a job, and. Um, you know, probably wasn't the best employee. I was an honest employee. I'll say that never stole anything. Right. And, um, always restocked the shelves and all that. But, uh, yeah, my, my dad had, had a convenience store, um, that I worked out of for, for, uh, basically until I was 18. until I went to college. Yeah. I think I was 30, maybe 29. My stepdad you stopped a, sleeping at work. Yeah. My stepdad's <laughs> a real, uh, real early morning person. Yeah. And he would always tell me like, Hey man, like, I know it's falling on deaf ears, but like when you start getting up early, yeah, your whole life's gonna change. And like over the last ten years, I'm like an early bird. Like I get up and get moving, and yeah. I, and it's amazing. Like, like I couldn't like, I can relate to people that are younger than me. Like the people that I have working for me, I sure. get it. But I'm like, dude, as soon as you realize this, and like kudos to them. Like, I thought he was full of shit. Yeah, I'm like, dude, the whole world starts at midnight. Like everybody's out at after midnight. <laughs> yeah. Then you're like, well, now it's like. Midnight's not even an option for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I am more of a night owl personally, but I, I, I swear to God that like six thirty to seven hours, seven thirty sleep. That's like my best sleep. I swear to God. <laughs> the after the snooze button sleep <laughs> yeah, exactly. is a different kind it's, of sleep. It's the last five minutes, not necessarily the the first four hours, right? That that's best for me. But no, you're you're spot on. Anytime I needed to reach a goal or whatever. That was one of the things that would set your day right. Yeah. Set your mind right and, and, and your task oriented and get stuff done. I don't know, man. It's it's, it's weird. It's you if you'd have told me at twenty you'll be up and moving at six o'clock in the morning. I, I'm like, I just didn't go to bed the night before. That's mm-hmm. probably what happened. <laughs> but it's, yep. so with your uh with your career, then you're kind yeah. of flexible. So if you were to be able to do the Big Ten, like to like throw that out there, it's like a goal someday. You sure, would still be able to function because these guys have jobs. The game checks aren't that big. Yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong; they're compensated well. And I, if you ask me, I wouldn't be able to answer the question as what they are paid. Um, I can tell you what varsity official pays. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, um, flexibility uh, is important if you want to lead that life, right? Because a lot of those guys. They're playing Saturdays, but they're required to be there on Friday, right? They don't just get in Saturday morning, show up to the stadium, and go home, right? Um, so, you know, having that flexibility of, of scheduling is critically important. My my job allows for that. So what's a day in the life look like these days? You're obviously not 9 to 5. Yeah, so it, it all depends. Um, you know, today's an exceptional day or, or an exception to the rule. You know, I mentioned earlier, left my house at like 6.30, drove up to Franklin, 
went to the office down in Cannonsburg, went to Bethel Park or South Park, came near, put on 300 miles in my car today. That's not normal. Um, but, you know, when I was early in my career, I did that a ton. You know, yeah. there was a ton of start my day at 7 and end after 7 because that's what you got to do. That's how you meet people. You got to shake hands and kiss babies. Um, but Zoom me, doesn't cut it, huh? What's that? Zoom doesn't cut it in that in it, your world. It's tough. You know, there, there's philosophies behind doing things like Zoom. There's things that are against Zoom. I'm, I'm old school. Yeah. I like to shake hands. I like to see what the body's doing. Mm. I like to, you know, walk in here and you see a ton of sports memorabilia. So if I was talking to Jerry, guess what I'd talk about? I'd talk about sports. Right. right? So, Probably Corvettes. I'll give you a Exactly. Tip. Yeah. And motorcycles. <laughs> but, uh, you know, th- when you do Zoom, you miss that. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like you you can be more task oriented, but you don't get to learn about the person. Right. Um, and, and when it comes to people's money, uh, more often than not, don't get me wrong, the bottom line matters. But there's a, there's a reason why behind it. There, there's somebody named Simon Sinek. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. He's got a book um, that says Start With Why. I think is what the title of it is. And just learn what motivates people. What gets you up out of bed every day. And, and if you do that and you understand that, the rest falls in place. Um, so yeah, so, so, so you asked me what like a normal day for me would be, um, for me, I'll, I'll usually, I'll either work from home or work from the office. I work better from the office. So I try to get there as often as possible for me though, it's 26 miles each way. Mm -hmm. So, um, I try to make sure that I'm productive when I'm there and when I'm, when I'm not home or excuse me, when I am home, uh, for me, it's important to have. Uh, my calendar set up because mm-hmm. if I don't have a calendar set up um, there, there's something I was taught a long time ago about your time being um, gaseous so if you give yourself 10 hours to complete a task it's going to take all 10 hours Yeah. if you give yourself a half hour to complete the task it'll be a half hour so um, for me I have to be task oriented or the dog won't walk. The cat wants fed. You know, I'll, I'll go make my third breakfast. You know what I mean? So um, if, I, if I don't have that task-oriented mindset, knowing like, hey, here's what I got to get done for the day and here's my time frame to do it, uh, I, I won't have as productive a day as I should. I think that's what I like most about my business is like it's like Jerry's business. Like he's, he's in it all day long and like he's good at what he does. But yep. like my business, it's tangible. It's like move this car to close mm-hmm. through the cleaning process and get it out. Where if I like had Jerry's job, I'd be like on Craigslist, like looking at some shady trailer deals and like weird <laughs> shit. And I'd spend ten, make nine, looking like, for deals on t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, I got a sweet Hulk Hogan t-shirt. Yeah. I didn't call any clients today, but and you have to. Yeah, you know, there's there's certain tasks that I think you gravitate towards because you like them and you're good at them, and there's other tasks that you hate and you're bad at them. And you either have to delegate those or you have to put them, in my opinion, at the very first thing because you'll constantly push everything in in its way, right? So my industry, there's something called call reluctance. And people are just scared of rejection. That's how our body's wired, our mind's wired literally to to, to stay away from things that aren't making us feel good, right? So when you get rejected, which I'm really good at getting rejected, um, (laughs) when you get rejected, you have to, uh, you you know, your body fights that, your mind fights that. So um, doing those those types of tasks that you don't like to do, I try to do them first thing in the day, and the rest of my day is pretty easy. Yeah. What they say, like, you need five no's for one yes? Yeah, I mean, it's... 
Yeah. Sometimes there's a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah, research will tell you, you know, if you follow up with a client, it's five to seven touches before they say yes. Yeah. Um, that's what. That's what always, always been my been problem with like trying to do the sales part of our industry. It's like, you know, they tell you, like, go pass a flyer out and you'll get 8% of return. And it's like, 8% doesn't move the needle. It's not even worth printing the flyers for 8%. Yeah. So you got to like, when I started building my route, I would pass out flyers, and then the next day I would hit doors and talk to people. And then, but it's always like, like you said, it's uncomfortable. You're in a position where you're obviously like five o'clock at night. You want to knock on doors when people are there, yep. but you also don't want to interrupt their dinner because like now you've pissed them off. Mm-hmm. And, and like a lot of neighborhoods are no solicitation now. Yep. So it's hard. It's a hard world to be in. Period. But being in sales is kind of a different beast. That's what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. You're selling dreams, right? Selling retirement. Well, I mean, for everybody, it's different. Yeah. You know, again, it's, and everybody buys differently too. Yeah. You know, you talk to grandma, you know, you got to help her see what what her actions are doing, right? You know, you you put money into this account. What would it feel like for little Timmy to to graduate from school debt-free someday, right? So, So the way that you present that data versus, you know, somebody's analytical, hey, we pop this in the S&P 500 and... 10 years, here's what it would have done 10 years if we did it 10 years ago, right? So yeah. grandma, the, she tunes out the numbers, but that analytical person's gonna gonna obviously be more attracted to the second presentation. So yeah, I mean, big part of it's goal development. You know, you, you, can't, uh, you can't advise people on what to do without understanding what their short-term, intermediate, long-term goals are. So um, try to not say I sell dreams, but... Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, just just focusing on on what their goals are. Pretty secure then. Like if someone, if you get a customer, it's you're not really like, it's not Wolf of Wall Street. You're not you're not giving them this opportunity to make X. You're pretty much streamlining them to to set themselves up for the long term. Yeah. So I watched that movie the other day, and I laugh every time I see it. You know, he's like talking about like Dynatech or something. Like yeah. That. I can't remember yeah. what. Yeah. yeah I think he's that like is it. he's like there's military and civilian applications, <laughs> yeah. and this is gonna go through the roof. Yeah. Right. It's like, We're all looking. It's for like that one. you know, it's uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a movie. It's Hollywood. You know, I'm not saying it didn't happen back in the '80s, but that's not my that's not how I do it. You know, that's not how I would want to be treated. And uh, to me, the golden rule is very important. Um, and, and I don't say this just because it's a compliance thing. I, I just feel like people need to understand here's your strengths, here's your weaknesses, yeah, right? Cool. Perfect world, here's how it works. Real world will be somewhere in the middle, right? A little unknown fact is Jordan Belford's grandmother is Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little unknown fact I think I, I leaked out on this episode. I did, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Or Jesse, you play in the market, right? I do. I do. I've been in um, since 2001, yeah. roughly. Um, well, you've seen some downturns. Yeah, so I gradu- graduated with a finance degree Yeah. 07, then 08 came. So that yeah. whole bubble came. and Hey, you bought in low. That went, yeah. That you went bought in real low. And, uh, yeah. you, you, you should be up 400%. <laughs> <laughs> you bought in 40 no, I bucks. Get, I get 400. all my advice on Facebook now. Yeah. So, you TikTok, know, people Facebook. tell me to buy Dogecoin. I don't need to look at the markets or anything. I just follow. 
Sammy on I was laughing. Facebook. I was laughing the other day. So I'm, I'm a part of all these different groups. And I just yeah. love to see, like, again, just people's perspectives. And one guy was like, I got 300 grand in my 401k. Should I cash it out and put it in Bitcoin? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I would probably do jail time if I suggested something. Yeah. <laughs> Although if you did it in 2011. Hey, I'm not saying it didn't work out for some, but. I always use that for a long time. I used it as a barometer. So I bought my business seven years ago. Yeah. And for what I paid for it, I think I'd have like 380 million if I would have just said, I'm not buying a dry cleaners. I'm buying Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting on my grandma's couch. <laughs> Hindsight's always 2020. That's right. I had to laugh. Um, my dad, you know, market like drops 20 points. He, he called me the other day. He's like, he's like, oh, the market was terrible the other day. It lost 200 points. And I'm like, what did you do the last quarter? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, you're, if you stayed in the market, you'd be up like 18% last year. He's like, oh, I don't realize that. He's like, my buddy was telling me about Bitcoin. What do you think? And I'm like, if you're <laughs> stressing over 200 points, you might not sleep <laughs> if you ever put any money into that. I was like, it's literally the opposite of what you want. It's kind of funny because, like, you don't have to be very educated to know what Bitcoin is, right? Yeah. And now you go into a 7-Eleven and you can buy Bitcoin in an ATM machine. And it's like, they're just prying on people. I, I met the guy that owns those Bitcoin machines. Genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he pretty smart? I don't know. Is he wealthy? Uh, they're, they're, Does he dress well? <laughs> he wasn't, like, super flashy or anything. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't exactly looking poor. Does he need his suits cleaned? Or a real estate. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he uh, he seemed like a nice guy. I just thought it was... You, you get to meet interesting people in, the, in this industry. I'm sure same as your same is true for you, right, where, you know, people's stories, you get them talking, and you get to learn, you know, just just about them and you get to learn some cool stuff jerry i'm sure you're the same way where you're like you do what for a living (laughs) don't discredit a dry cleaner i bought a manufacturing company in my (laughs) drive-thru i'm like a people's therapist half the time i think yeah oh yeah start spilling their guts and i'm like i can't believe you're telling me this yeah all i said was hello (laughs) (laughs) your husband did what (laughs) our last guest we were we decided that he is now a business therapist yeah 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 going to add it to the rolodex and jerry's many part of it sometimes you got to have like in business you got to be nuts to go into a job like yours where there's no real guaranteed pay you got to be kind of you got to build it yeah you got your your industry's the same way man like you you have to build something yeah you just got to have a different look at things you You got to solve problems i mean that's that's what i love about business owners and you know a lot of people on your podcast you know it's like I'm going to solve this. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Right. I mean, you guys said that, I don't know how many times on this podcast, figure it out. Right. And that's what business owners do. And people don't realize, you know, you're never off. Right. Like, okay, I'm at home with the family, but my mind, unfortunately, is thinking about the problem I have on Monday or the problem that happened on Friday or is payroll going to cash because I'm 90 days out on an invoice. Right. Just like stuff like that. It's, Never stops. It it never stops. I will tell you this. And the bigger you get, the bigger the problem is too. One of the things about this podcast that's helped me to realize is like we've talked to people that are here and we've talked to people that are just getting started. And the ones that are here kind of get that there needs to be a switch. You know what I mean? Like that's one of the things we talked about being a parent is like my kid does not give a shit if that invoice is 90 days past due. You know, like – and and then my goal as a parent is they should never feel that pain at all. Like, sure. it's just part it's of tough. being. It's uh. But you're spot on. <laughs> it's 
Wow. My daughter, um, they have like after school curriculum, and she didn't get. They didn't have the class that she wanted, like an art class. And I think the, for like, it wasn't a lot of money, but she was like, we're not, she's six. She's like, we're not going to pay that much to do that. And I'm like, I think I bet that on the Steelers last Sunday. So I think you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, they won. (laughs) So we got the money. Yeah, we're good. Now we're doubling doubling down. We can eat the sweet. We're taking Cleveland. We're doubling down. We're getting the good markers this time. (laughs) We got a guy we know. His name's Dave Trapp. He's on the crew, and we're betting heavy <laughs> on Tulane, baby. And you just ruined his whole career. <laughs> yep, thank you very much. <laughs> Before edit, I even got started. Edit that out. <laughs> edit that one out. <laughs> you don't see that a lot in officiating. I mean, when you do, it's obviously big news, but you don't see it like you would think you'd see it, like crews fixing games. I'm getting – yeah, you well, accused of it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it nowadays. I mean, they had that play with the Detroit Lions where the guy didn't he he didn't rub his nose. Yeah, supposedly declared eligible, supposedly didn't, depending on who you ask, and uh, scored a touchdown. They're like, oh, Roger Goodell can change that result on that game. I'm like, well, do you really realize all the money that's involved in that? And I I always joke, you know, it seems like the most aggressive challenges come from the youth games okay I, I even had a guy like walk out onto the field after a game to like the 30 yard line and like get nose to nose with me and told me to uh, knock me out um i thought i was getting hit that day which, which whatever it is what it is but uh, have you been assaulted at a game i mean assault could also include verbally that's if true that's, if, if that's that if we're gonna include that in the definition it's every game okay but uh you know, it's it's. Um, I, I like look at him. I'm like, what do you like? Nick Saban's not, which you know, he just retired. But Nick Saban's not in the crowd today. You know, and just so you know, like I'm basically volunteering my time here. And <laughs> also, just so you know, what do you think I could possibly bet on an eight under game? <laughs> like, who's taking bets on that? Like, let's just be rational about this. There used right? to be a guy at Steve's in you could yeah. you could sling some junior <laughs> yeah. high games into. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, it's just crazy to me, and and like they'll argue about stuff that it's like player safety foul, and I'm like, you know, I threw a flag. It was actually down at River, Riverview Park, Riverside Park, and uh, this kid ran like ten yards, cleaned this kid's clock, like just hit him as hard as he possibly could. So I flag it. It's a blindside block. He's like, you're allowed to do. That. I'm like, no, you're not, bro. <laughs> not only that. It's player safety. He's like, oh, I don't care. It's how we play football. I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, it's the old school hawk and chuck at football. Yeah. It's a different game. And listen, game. I, I love big hits, and I miss it. Well, there's a place for it. Yeah, I mean, and it's not in an eight-under game when a kid doesn't know that you're coming. <laughs> yeah, and he's 92 pounds. Like you're, you're, ar- you're arguing for a kid that probably could have had a concussion. Or, yeah. or worse. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's just be realistic here. It's not that serious. So, pro-level NFL officials. Yeah are also not full-time. Yeah. They have other jobs. Sure. Big problem. What's your opinion? Uh, listen, and I tell this to my dad every week. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are good. They're really good. Here's what I would challenge anybody to do. So an average, so, so a high school football game, 12-minute quarters times four, right? So it's a quarter, 48 minutes of football. Pro game, 15 minutes times four. It's a 60-minute game, right? Focus on something. So in a, in a high school game, there's usually like between 125 and 150 snaps. Go focus on something specifically for 150 repetitions and don't mess up once. 
because you've got twelve you've got twelve cameras looking at you. Yeah. yeah. Don't mess up one time. Yeah. Okay. That's true. And and again, I'm I'm not saying uh, that that people shouldn't be held accountable or any of that stuff. I'm just telling you that there is a ton of time that me at at a varsity level I put a ton of time in between Saturday or Friday nights I should say. These guys I I know a couple pro uh, uh, officials. These guys put in time. Okay, it's not a full time gig. Doesn't mean they're not watching film. Doesn't mean they don't attend classes. They don't. They don't attend clinics. Doesn't mean that they don't take time away from their families, right? Um, and, and again, you know, there's sometimes that it's just completely amiss. Don't disagree with that. But these guys are the best in the business, and uh, I'm looking for a crew. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but these guys are the best in the business, and, and and there's no you don't get any wiggle room. Yeah, I think they could help them out a lot. You know, with the modern technology, and yeah. I. I I get you don't want to slow the game down, but like, sure. and you even replay on that Lions call, it's not going to change that outcome. Like, replay's not changing that. It was all pre snap, it was all part of the game, and it was it's just as much as fault of the Lions as it was the officiating crew because they were playing the game. They sure. were they were playing a do say do. They were it was a trick play, and they were trying to trick everybody in the stadium. Sure, but I think that they could help them out on like fumbles. Like immediately to the review. Like yeah. in the NHL, they do it. They have a war room. Right. I mean, you could hire a guy like Dave to sit up there, watch the game. If he sees something, buzz it down, stop the game for ten seconds, and make sure it's right, and move on. Yeah, and and uh, they still wouldn't get it completely right every time. No, I mean and holding some the of, judgment call. Some sometimes. of those ga- some of those things, it's you know, it's bang bang. It's like faster than a fastball coming to a to a to a hitter. In MLB, right? Like you blink your eye, you miss the ball, mm-hmm. and you know you got to realize that these guys are the best in the business. They're the fastest. They're the strongest. Like I mean, some of the plays they make. I mean, look at George uh, George yeah. Pickens kit, uh, catch against the Browns. He like laid down, caught it. It's impossible. You're just, just like, like it's incomplete. He couldn't it, have caught it. it, <laughs> it <laughs> right? Like all log- it defies all logic. Yeah, and it was probably like a two percent, three percent completion opportunity. And he caught it. And what the fan at home doesn't see is all those conversations you have throughout the game with players. You're like, hey, four, you know, you were close. I could have flagged that one. Right. Keep it inside the numbers. And then they blatantly hold on the next play. And you might even give them that one because it was off the ball. Right. And then the third play, when a touchdown scored past them and you already warned them twice, then you you have to flag it because now you – it's between you and four. You know, it's not between you and 62,000. It's between you and that guy. Yep. And, and the other thing with 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 the high school in particular, the rule set's different than the NFL. So you watch Sunday, and, and Pittsburgh has a lot of football, a high football IQ. Uh, that's what we're born with, right? Do they though? They do. <laughs> they do. Um, in my opinion, terrible towel blinders. On with that, that being said, um, you know, Friday nights the rule set's different. So on Sunday, you might be a hundred percent correct. On Friday. Yeah, you're 100 percent wrong. I've had that happen. Um, we have pit season tickets, and even between sure. NCAA and NFL, the sure. rules there's rules that are different. Sure. And there were there was a play, and I forget what exactly happened, but the ref made a call, and I'm like, wait a second, he that's didn't have two feet down. <laughs> I made a complete fool of myself, yeah. and the guy right next to me is like, it's different in the call. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh. But the yeah. clocks are even, like the clocks. What gets me because the like you're watching management. a college game, and you're mm-hmm. like. What the fuck? It's it's got to keep running the clock, yeah. especially when your money's on that side. And then you're like, no, it's a first down. They yeah. stop the, the clock. Yeah, it's like. But. Well, 
I was up in uh, Ford City and uh, home of uh, wait, let's uh, nothing. No, no, the NFL quarterback, fucking Oakmont resident, Gus Farad. Gus Farad. I reached out I to him that. to be on the show. I wanted to shout him out. That's why I paused you. We'll get him. <laughs> no problem. Um, but yeah, so so in uh, you know in, in in high school football and you make a first down, you got to kill the clock. Well, in the NFL, you don't stop the clock until you're under what like five minutes or whatever, right? You know, so this team's driving the ball and the clock, the team's holding on. And I had parents literally come off like the sideline or come off the stands, come onto the sidelines. They're like, "You're messing up the clock." I'm like. You're wrong. Yeah. This isn't Sunday. I'm sorry. <laughs> and and I uh, I can have an attitude and I can be sharp. You have to. Be. I, I've thrown I've thrown parents out, <clears throat> thrown coaches out, and uh, and again I've had people get in my face, nose to nose, and turned out that particular individual was like two weeks out of prison. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, they were in the trunk of your car when you got home. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna go back yeah. to my car. Um, Not anytime soon, but yeah, I mean it's wild. I, I love it. Uh, I look forward to it. Uh, I enjoy it. Hopefully, see you on Saturday, sir. I hope so. And now a brief word from our sponsor. This episode of Between Two Bridges is sponsored by Paymark Payroll. Are you tired of spending countless hours juggling payroll calculations, tax filings, and compliance regulations? Well, say goodbye to that chore and let Paymark Payroll take the burden off your shoulders. With our secure online portal, you can access your business information from any internet location, even your phone. Employees will love the ability to receive direct deposits and they can access all their pay stubs, tax forms, and information through their own portal. Focus on growing your business while we take care of the rest. With top-notch customer support, we're always here to assist you with anything at any time. Don't let payroll stress hold you back. Choose Paymark Payroll and experience the freedom to thrive. Contact us at payyourpeople.com for a personalized consultation and a demonstration of our powerful payroll solutions and see how Paymark Payroll can better your workflow. That's payyourpeople.com. Join the growing list of satisfied businesses that have embraced the convenience and efficiency of Paymark. Payday made easy. Your business deserves nothing less than the best, and that's exactly what Paymark Payroll delivers. Now back to the show. I guess to jump back to your day job. Sure. What pays the bills? Before before <laughs> Will Smith uh, slapped Chris Rock, he was uh, a broke guy in New York, right? I don't know if you saw that movie, but to get to your story as well, you don't necessarily need to go to school for this, right? There's people skills involved. You can go get a license and jump in and kind of have your own. You do work for a company, but you're your own brand, right? Yeah, so every every company works uh, works that a little bit differently. Sure. Um, so you have uh, you can you can establish your your own RIA registered investment advisory okay. um, business. Uh, there's people that, that are out there that do that that do it successfully. Um, it can be a very expensive business model. Um, then you also have kind of the, the opposite of that where you have I don't want to call it a franchise model, but your W two. Mm-hmm. You don't get to stand, you don't get to take the deductions that that you can as as your own business, right? Yeah. Um, and then you have somewhere in the middle, 
and okay. the place that I work is somewhere more in the middle. Okay. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, it's uh, it's one of those things where you always, just like anything in life, you always have strengths and weaknesses behind behind everything, right? You can be an RIA and take every tax deduction in the world, and and you also have to spend fifteen thousand a year for. Just keep just somebody to come in and evaluate your security system for 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 um, virtual business, yeah. right? Uh, you got to pay somebody for um, making sure that you're compliant, stuff like that. Whereas uh, you know you work for a shop and you're captive and you don't have you don't have that expense, but you know your your payouts aren't as high. Okay. So there's there's just like anything else in life. Once you get to a certain point, it probably makes sense to transition, but. There's definitely so you'll be starting uh, Oakmont Stratton Junior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought that was interesting, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm really happy where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. I have one of the things that attracted me to where I'm at is the caliber of people. Um, again, I talked about um, putting myself around folks that are successful. I think if you're an independent. Um, not that you can't go out and make friends and, 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 and mix around, but to me, I, I like being able to uh, be a part of a team. And, uh, you know, I feel like I have that where I'm at now. Okay. So all untold, how long have you been in the game? 14 years. It'll be 14 years next month. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And don't ever expect to leave it, you know. So um, I enjoy what I do. Uh, it's not backbreaking work. I get to meet great people. Um, hopefully, you know, provide value along the way. I feel like I do a good job with that, and you know, I, I like it. You have a PhD in it now. You know? <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about the dry cleaning industry. Like, yeah. thought about my knocks. next move, and I'm like, well, you only have a PhD in pressing the farts out of sheets. So <laughs> keep plugging away at this. They. Uh... So a lot has changed in the finance world. Yep. In some of you, the things that you deal with on a day to day between sure. uh, investments and estate planning and sure. uh, things like that, if let's talk a little bit about that, why don't you? Why don't we talk about some things that you can educate some of the people that might be listening on some of the some of the changes that are coming, some things that they can keep an eye out for. Yeah. Basics, know. you know, maybe they just had kids and yeah, you know. Didn't know we were gonna go down this path. I would have put something <laughs> together. No, I'm too. Power <laughs> but, a, uh, yeah, can we get a presentation? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I just think that the big thing is, is that as 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 things evolve or your situation evolves, you too and, and, and your strategy has to evolve. I think a perfect example of that is is uh, you know back in the '80s, if you tried buying a house, interest rates were 14, 15, 16 percent. Crazy. Um, but your CDs were paying eight. Nine yeah, percent. So you, that. you you could chunk half a million into a CD and eight percent. You got forty thousand a year, less your ordinary income taxes. Life is good, right? And then two thousand eight happened, and they tried to stimulate the economy. And how do they do that? They released the money supply in English. That means they lowered the interest rates, and they held them artificially low up until twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. And uh, you know your your average sixty forty portfolio in, in twenty twenty two took a beating. Your bonds, your corporate bonds were down like thirteen fourteen percent. That's a ton, yeah, a ton. A good bond year is four five six percent, and they're down thirteen percent. So it takes you three four years to catch back up. 
So, you know, um, I bring that up because now interest rates, whether people want to hear it or not, they're probably about where they need to be. Um, the, the, the artificially held 2%, you know, I think you're able to buy a car from like Nissan or wherever, 0% down, 0% interest for like 24 months, 36 months, right? That's, that's not how the world's usually meant to work. Yeah, right? if, it, if you want to do that, then Nissan needs to take it on the chin. Not, <laughs> yeah. not yeah. So, Wells Fargo, you know? <laughs> like. So, uh, you know, um, the, the environment's changing, um, and, and you have to be comfortable evolving with that. Pensions are fewer. Taxes are going up in the 2025. That's important for people to recognize and understand. Um, so, you know, a, a plan that you work needs to change as, as, as your life changes. Yeah, you can't. It's not like the old days where, like, you know, you work at the mill, you make X, you put X away, and you know it's 60 65 you're good you retire those benefits are those defined benefit programs those pensions they don't exist anymore they're, they're not even guaranteed right you could they're well, supposed to be yeah. they were corrupt too. To <laughs> i mean a lot of them yeah. were corrupt i mean i know my grandmother got a pension from edgewater for years you know i don't I, maybe let's just say for the sake of the talk topic she got 200 dollars a month out of my grandfather's pension mm -hmm. well like i remember thinking like right around 2000 they like sent out a letter and they were like, "Oh, uh, by the way, you were only supposed to get like 185, so you're not going to get any more money." Like, and because they just they they ran they out of broke. money. Yeah, they were broke. And then and what they, are you going to do? And they passed the blame on the people. You know, like they like. So I don't know. It's different now. There's a lot of compli compliance. Did but. any of you guys watch the Bernie Madoff special on Netflix? Did you ever yeah. watch that? Really interesting stuff. Um, so Bernie Madoff, uh, largest Ponzi scheme in, in human history, right? So I think monetarily wise, he stole like 19 billion. Good for if him. you took 19 billion and, and you did what the market was supposed to be, it worked out to be like 64 billion, somewhere around that. The number may not be exactly right. Here's why I bring it up. Here's what's very interesting. So whenever you're a part of that Ponzi scheme, they put somebody like a guardian or fiduciary, whatever, whatever language they want to call it. Um, a trustee, I think is what it was. Um, so the idea was is that those early in the Ponzi scheme got more money out than those that were in it later. What's interesting is that the average individual that, that was taken advantage of when they started figuring out that all this money was missing was around 70 years old, if not older. Oh. Okay. What's crazy is, is like somebody puts in half a mil. And they took out money over the 30 years they had the money invested. Let's say they, they got out one and a half million. They would get a bill from that trustee saying, hey, you put in 500, you took out a million and a half. I understand you're, you're 70 years old now and you're you know 15 years in retirement. They'd send them an invoice for, for a million dollars. My goodness. And that's how they tried to recapture the money back and then they tried to split it out amongst everybody. So imagine this. You put your money in. Money was stolen. You got some money out. Um, you're 70 years old. You gave up probably your well-paying job or, or whatever. And now you have a million-dollar lien against you <laughs> because of something that really wasn't your fault. It has nothing to do with has you. Absolutely you didn't know any of that money so, was stolen. So not only were they victimized once by having their money taken, they were victimized a second time by the trustee trying to balance the system back. How crazy was that? 
That's insane. It's you get a chance. Man. You get a chance. Watch that. What an incredible story um, of of how this guy just he had a legitimate side of the business and a fake side of the business, and his fake side obviously is what what stole all this money and um, absolutely crazy that so, that circumstance. So uh, last episode, I gave the government credit. So this episode, they don't get any credit. <laughs> so like I watched like the Big Short. Right, yeah, and like you're talking about this, yep. and it's like, who is to protect the normal person from yep. these things but the government? Because yep. they're supposed to be filing all the same paperwork that you're filing, yep. and and someone sitting at a desk and misses that, yep, to that extent, it's sad. Yeah, and that that was, uh, I enjoyed that movie. I actually saw it the first time like maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, anytime, what was that guy's name? He was in Knight's Tale. He was like the the Joker guy. <laughs> Anytime I see him, any play like any any uh, serious role, I, I always struggle it's with like that. Typecasting. Yeah. yeah, but uh, you know, he's in a Knight's Tale, and he would bet all the time. And he was walking around naked, and then this one, he's like, <laughs> yeah, his name's like, Joe. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's like, oh, I make a million four or whatever it was, and they're like, oh, well, how do you spend it all? And he's like, count through. It's like Uncle Sam takes half. I give my parents 115 a year, and I buy nice shirts. <laughs> I got a hundred thousand. I got a two hundred thousand dollar car. But uh, yeah, it's you know, unfortunately, uh, here's what I'll say uh, about that: is that I think most people get into this business to be entrepreneurial. I think they do it to to leave a good. Um, thumbprint on their community they want to help individuals families and business owners but it's just like anything else you've got that very small minority that you know they're abusive and and they don't work in the client's best interest and uh you know puts a stain on the rest of us no duro cleaner pun (laughs) well they they do i mean there's guys out there they're just they're very good talkers Mm -hmm. yeah um a lot of the good talkers aren't good doers they promise a lot, and then you know it. For your industry, it puts a stigma on it. Like, sure. So if your uncle went through a bad guy, sure. And then you're coming down the pipe, and you're honest, and you know you're going to do it right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, you can be guilty by association. And, and I deal no with it in my business. Like, if one dry cleaner lost a garment for somebody, and I'm working on it to get the stain out. Yeah. They like need to see it. Yeah. Like they don't believe that I'm yeah. working on it until they see it because they're like, I was at Tony's Cleaners and they lost my blouse and I think you lost mine too. And I'm yeah. like, no, I have it. It's right here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's just one of those things. I mean, it's dealing with people. I mean, it always goes back to that. Like you're dealing with human beings. There's a human element no matter what, AI or not, there's still a human element. Yep. And, and that's what makes you good at what you do. I mean, I've had some interactions with you and you're a very honest person, even though I've known you for long time long time mm-hmm. but you, you are you know you know you got good up good roots parents are hard working brother's a military guy yep you know yep how long was he in the military he's uh, still in the military no, question. He's, he's out now <laughs> he uh he works uh he's a director at a, at a um he, he works in hr at a um big big company and uh he's doing exceptionally well um he w- did military 21 22 years so he did his time. Got I think out. the last picture I saw of him, I was surprised he could stand upright with all that metal hanging off his jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very proud of my brother. Yeah, and I, bet. Uh, I think that's one of the, be- the best compliments you give anybody. It's mm. talking about how good they are and how proud you are of them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he 
he worked hard. You know, he got uh, he has his doctorate now. I think he's got another master's. I mean, he did that while working a full time job and being a parent, right? right. So, um, and kudos, you know, to my sister in law as well. She'd probably yell at me if I didn't give her some. But <laughs> you know, there's a lot of times when you know you're going through the grind and building your business, and you know that's all he did too. Uh, was built his market worth, right? Um, they got to hold down the business, you know, just like today. I'm sure your wife's, you know, bathing the kids and feeding taking them care and the taking kids. care of them. And mm-hmm. it's allowing yep. you to, to do what makes you successful. And I don't know much about you two, but same thing, right? You know, yeah. you, you, there's sacrifice from everybody. It's, We've touched base on it. Like both of yeah. our wives are stay-at-home wives, two yep. kids, similar in age. And uh, we we celebrate the wins and we're trying to make moves and do this. And then mm-hmm. like... I don't think I tell her enough, but I tell Jerry a lot, and Jerry tells me. So, like, I'm just putting that on here so that way. So she, if they listen to yeah, this. Yeah, if they ever listen to a whole episode, <laughs> let's benchmark it 54 minutes in. Yeah, Jan- January, Sarah, January 11th. <laughs> Sarah and Amber, you are much appreciated. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we talk about that all the time, how we, we work really hard and try really hard to hit, you know, be successful and have successful businesses, but – it all starts at home. Without them, there's none of that. And even before so. kids, like, I think back to, like, when before I met my wife now. Mm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 20, let's just say from 25 to 30. The whole world could have gave me an opportunity. Like, and, and it could have been in writing. You're going to do this. You're going to make X. Just sign here. And at 2 o'clock in the morning at a, at a bar stool, I would have wrinkled it up and threw it away. Like, I'm not capable of all that. Like, I have a big imposter syndrome when it comes to a lot of things. And I think she's the one that, like, made me realize, like, you're better than that. You yeah. know? You just need somebody on your team. Sure. You know? So, I recruited yep. well. <laughs> recruited up, <laughs> I guess you could say. Dude, there's a lot of times I'll go home and we just had this talk because we're looking at something big. And and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just stressed out about it and don't know what to do. And, and it she looked at me and she's like, then I think you don't want to do it. Hmm. And I'm like, what? Mm. And she's like, yeah, look at yourself. I mean, everything, like if you decide you want something, there is nothing or and nobody that's going to stop me right. from getting it. She's like, and all you've done is stress about this. I don't think you want it. And I'm like, I don't think I want it. <laughs> she's on <honest laughs> something. <laughs> she's right. <laughs> You it's nailed like, it. It's like she knows you or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's good to have them. Sure. Do you recruit your own people? Do you, do you look for certain skills? Is it I mean there's obviously a diverse background with people out there, but sure. I'm sure you see certain things in people that are do better than most. Yeah, a big part of my uh, current role in the in the organization I work for is recruiting for sure. Okay. Um, so, so we work with folks that are brand new to the industry and we work with folks that have industry experience. What's the biggest challenge that I th- think that would resonate across any business owner is um, you don't know what a successful day looks like. And you can be busy, busy, busy doing things that don't add to your bottom line. And, you know, if you're, you know, um, not cognizant of what can detract from your bottom line you end up failing out and uh you know we can all get behind busy work and and what i try to teach people you know you need to evaluate is it important is it urgent and if it's important and urgent you should you know be calendaring that and putting it in place if it's not important and it's not urgent 
you got to get out of the way, right? So, you know, example of that might be water cooler talk, right? Everybody wants to talk about the Steeler game that happened yeah. on Saturday, right? But at the end of the day, there's a time after work that you can have that conversation. Or, you know, people like the BMC bitch moan and complain. You know, that's what I call it. <laughs> I BMC. That one. Yeah. Put that in the notes. <laughs> I might Bravo. not get that printed real, but it doesn't BMC. pay, you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. pay. You know, yeah. and, and uh, I'm not saying let's wear rose-colored glasses, but at the end of the day, um, things need to happen for you to be productive. And you can either bitch about it, fine. But I've always intentionally stayed away from that, right? Like, okay, we've got a problem. How do we solve it? And kind of go into what I echoed earlier, business owners figure it out, right? And it's like, okay, well, I've got this case, got rejected. This guy didn't tell me that his PSA level was 10. It sucks. It's all right. Now I got to go to, you know, option number two, right? I always jokingly say there's 26 letters in the alphabet. So we go from plan A to plan B to plan C to plan okay. B. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll figure it out, right? Keep failing forward and, and um, you're not going to get that account all the time or whatever. But... Um, you have to learn quickly what a successful day looks like. And if you don't, you know, you think that looking on Facebook or Google or, or TikTok or whatever, that's not a successful day. That's not yeah. how you do it, right? Like, <laughs> Well, that's what started this whole thing Yeah, was the, you know, TikTok stories about how, I mean, there's a lot of them. There's new ones that come out every day. There's mm-hmm. these plans of like how you can, you can be investing in real estate and not actually owning real estate and make money with your friend's money. And it's just, to me, I mean, I hope that we don't date ourselves because like we're at that like brink, like we're turning 40 and I don't want to sound like the old You are, prick. not me, not me. Yeah, I mean, you're, he's 21, hey, hey, ladies hey. at home watching, turn 22, hey. he's got his shit together. But, like, you just hope that you don't turn into that old guy that's like, these kids, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But, like, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I mean, at the end of the day, if you, if you if everybody get rich with, like, $5,000 and no risk, you would be out of work. I wouldn't be working yeah. as hard. Tell me where to put it. He'd be busy as fuck. <laughs> and we Find would, right you know, up, like. Jerry, please. <laughs> I mean, Billable rates are going up again, folks. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to happen, though. No. Dude, it cracks me up. And these, I, I. I'm on the, it's like my TikTok algorithm now, where that's all I see are these idiots that are like, listen, I don't know why you're working so hard. We could work, you work three days, you make a million dollars. And I'm like, what I'm going to start that for dry cleaning. About? Why are you guys working so hard? Anybody that makes a ton of money in dry cleaning, like there's a couple of people in our industry right now that are, that are cleaning up. I mean, they, like they have Tahoe houses and stuff. And there's like a handful of guys. And what they're doing is we'll make your shop 30% more money a month you just sign up for this program at five ninety nine a month. Well, if you're making so much fucking money in your plant and in your business, you don't need everybody's money. Mm-hmm. If you have the secret sauce, mm-hmm. you could spill a little for free. Mm-hmm. But that, it's just crazy. And, and it's in every industry. And I'm sure you see it in your industry. There's, of course. There's uh, magazines that come out every month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I will say this. My industry um, is big on giving back. Uh, which I think is great. You're th- big on giving back too. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, I I think that uh, we have a civic duty to do that, and it doesn't have to be monetary. I think it can be done through time, whatever. But you know, again, we go back to like where are you getting your information from, right? My most wealthy clients, and we're talking federal, state tax issues, worth over twenty four million today, forty five, fifty years old. You know, doing projections, you know, 
going to be worth $100 million when they die, right? Just they didn't do it by watching TikTok algorithms. Right. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, right? And, you know, these guys, everybody wants their money. Nobody wants their lifestyle. You want to know why? Because I've had my phone ring, ring four times, and I'm not a multimillionaire, but I've had my phone ring four times since we've been here, right? right. Those guys are the same way. And it's like, holy smokes. And then, then, then they have to go as far as trusting somebody, and then that person... You know, the one company I'm talking about, I won't get into the exact numbers, but they had two people steal six figures, more than six figures off them. One was close to seven figures. And, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, put all this time, energy, and effort. I'm doing well. I have problems that everybody would aspire to have, right? But the same token, I've got people taking money right off, right off people that I thought I could trust right underneath me. And, mm. it's, and it's crazy. The higher up the ladder you go, the more your ass sticks out. You know? Listen, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's tough. And, and everybody wants the money. Nobody wants yeah, 6 a.m. calls. And, yeah, I always appreciated, uh, I think it was Jesse James, or the, the chopper builder, mm-hmm. when he said, you know, dirty hands clean money. And I can always appreciate that, you know. Yeah. And, and nowadays, you know, dirty hands, more money. Because the trade industry... These guys, yeah, they just write a number, you know, and then you get guys that are like, well, that's a lot of money and the companies can take a credit card and the guy's stuck. Like he needs his hot water heater because he has no fucking clue how to put it in. So he just pays it. Yeah. He's calling Jerry. He's like, man, I got to write off three grand for this house. I I fucking put a hot water heater in. (laughs) Got to do it. Got to do it. And then there's me. I'm dumb enough to be like, all right, well, we'll just boil water tonight, and then yeah. we'll go to get hot water here tomorrow. <laughs> Shut up, Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah, I'll blow up the fucking. We're gonna block. go. We're gonna I'll go blow the whole block up. We're gonna go to Mima's house, take yeah. a big shower. <laughs> <laughs> we going. Let's go. It's like sleeping over. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, one of the like ever. Um, what was it? Bronx Tale when they do the door check. Yeah. Well, I had one better. Uh, so, yeah. I yeah. Uh, me and Sarah are together for like maybe six months, and my furnace shits the bed at my house in February. As it's, it always does. It's she like to fix it. Yeah. That was your test. <laughs> <laughs> Go down and uh, bang on the gas valve. Sweetheart. <laughs> no, so I I figured out what was wrong with it. It was the gas valve. The gas valve was stuck and it wasn't opening up. And we, I could get it, but it was Sunday, so I could get yeah. it the next day. Yeah. And we had a, a space heater in the living room. And I'm like, why don't you just go to your dad's house? I'm staying here because I'm like the Titanic. I'm with the ship. You know, yeah. the pipes can't freeze if I'm here and <laughs> turn the sink on. And, and she stayed. And we like cuddled up on the living room floor in front of this cheap ass Busy Beaver space heater. And, Smelling like and I was like, man, I'm stuck with this girl. I couldn't even break my furnace and get her out of here. She's sticking around like, what next? Get a drug habit or something to get her out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> But yeah, the, the trade industry. And yeah, let's yeah, go back, back to, to the trades. Yeah, right. You know, we always hit base on that. Like, fuck no, the government. Uh, we need more tradesmen. You know, yeah. so have college debt. Well, college that's a big one. I mean, you're it's crazy. I mean, you have a college degree, right? So yeah, but 50% I, I worked three jobs to right. not have debt. And fifty percent so. of the room has a college degree. I don't have a college. I, I don't you know, have one. And, he, and my man over here doesn't have one. So. I, got, I got licenses, you know yeah. what I mean? I have a natural curiosity, but I don't have that piece that, of paper. That to me is hard with my kids it's because, like, I want them to go to college because I don't have a college degree. And I want them ex- to experience college. 
But I experienced college. I mean, I saw 55 different campuses. You can go to Oakland every weekend. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I don't think – I don't want my son to go to college. Yeah. You know, it's – it's. I don't know. It's different. I, I guess you'll be able to tell when he gets older. Yeah. You know, yeah. he'll have the choice. But if, if I have any say in it, uh, go start a company, man. Go do landscaping for a couple of years. I think it's unfair to ask an 18-year-old what you want to do for the rest exactly. of the Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and then not only that, you know – uh, six months before they go to college, they're raising their hand to go take a leak, right? <laughs> right. Hey, teacher, yeah. can I go to the bathroom? Yeah. Now you know, decide your and, and life. Now, yeah, exactly. And and I don't know if I ever ran for president someday. I think you should get ten grand to go try to start your own business. Yeah, I'd rather see that than the, that. That kid's gonna learn more than that from that experience than yeah. necessarily school. And again, like school is important. I don't think it's a requirement. Um, but I also do see where it holds me back sometimes, right? It's like, well, if I want to take a promotion, what's the requirements you always see on there? You know, it's yeah. like, well, I got 14 yeah. years of experience, but no bachelor's degree. You okay with that? Let's, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, that's even like when you look at your salutatorian valedictorians, it's like, it's not about the fact that they were better at book work and they, you know, it's about the effort that it took to get to that point. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I get that college degree aspect, like you put the time in to get there, but there's also the guy that like you work three jobs, like so you you got an IUP degree and yes. you work three jobs. That should be on that paper. That should be on the resume more. Like the next line in the resume means more than the first line in the resume to me. I wish it wasn't such a stigma for people to not go right to college from high school. Yeah, and to experience life for a little bit. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I always thought that <clears throat> part or make part of college like oh you want to like when i when i started school i went to school for i started with political science because i thought i wanted to get into politics yeah and uh i i started up and i went to pit pit greensburg and sat with my academic advisor and like you said like i'm a high school kid yeah like, i don't know i'm in this fancy room and this right. lady's telling me like well, what do you want to take uh, i don't know yeah. Well, this class look cool. Okay. <laughs> what else do you want to take? And, and she's let me pick. Nice. <laughs> she's let me to pick all these classes that sound interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But there's as no. long as they fit my calendar. Right. But not saying, well, like, hey, if you decide two years from now you don't want to be in politics, this entire semester is a waste, waste of time and money. Yeah. Right. None of this is going to count toward anything else that you want to do. So. I went to school for two years, decided I'm sick of arguing with people. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And I I want to – I'm good with math, and I want to start doing something mathematics, something that if, if, if it's two plus two, it's fucking four. And I'm not going to get a C because the teacher doesn't agree with what the goddamn yeah, the problem writing. is. You yeah. know, it's just – I was looking for that. And – uh you know, so I bounced around a little bit before landing in accounting, and accounting sure. kind of found me. Sure. But I wasted a lot of time and money, and I wish what I would tell my kids is like, oh, you want to go into political science? Why don't you go volunteer at a state rep's office for a year yeah, for free? You're spot on. And yeah. go learn be what it's like <laughs> to be like that and live that life. Right. And if 12 months from now, after you did it for nothing, for 12 months, if you still think that that's the future you want to have, then let's go. Right. Yeah. If not, 
all you did is waste a year of your life while you're living in my house, eating my food with no stress, no, no responsibilities. Like don't do anything except go work for that guy for nothing and learn. That's a stigma. That's about the like change. I think when we were young, like 18, 19, it was like, people were like, you live at home with your parents. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And like, if you went back to 18, 19 year old us, we'd be like, fuck it. Let's get yeah, home. I mean, you'd go to grad parties, and if you heard someone was taking a skip, you're like, ooh. Yeah, you're, oh, I remember. You I know what I mean? But we now it's with. like, I, I would encourage it. Like you're yeah. saying, go. Go learn. And yeah. I ended up in accounting and got my accounting degree and all that kind of stuff, obviously. But when I started doing my own business, I worked with a guy that had already been doing this for a while for free. But I had already, I had the degree and I had a full-time job, but he was like, Hey, listen, you want to do taxes and, and some accounting? I'm like, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a little side work trying because I have a mountain of student loan debt to pay off. So I need, I can't just focus on this job. So he's like, all right, well you can put your desk there. I didn't, he never paid me a dime. I paid him a percentage of what I generated to put my desk there. And and I learned, and I had access, obviously, to, you know, all his office and, and his expertise and his software. And, and obviously, I got a lot out of that, that, that amount that I paid him. But I learned more. He didn't pay me anything to be there. I paid him to be there. And I learned more from him than I did in any of my college classes. I learned not just the fundamentals of, of taxes, I already had that. What I learned from him is real world, like how does this shit actually freaking work? <laughs> right. Because these professors, they went to school to learn how to be professors. Right. A lot of them weren't, they weren't business people. They right. weren't in public accounting. They weren't. Right. So he was teaching me like, listen, no, when you're doing this return, this is how you do this. And this is how this credit works. And, and, Things like, you know, what what the IRS is looking for and how how to make sure that a client doesn't get themselves jammed up and how to, you know, steer a client into doing things the right way and, and you know, real world advice. Yeah. And, um, and you just don't necessarily get that in college. And I think that that is what we're missing. But these kids go to school and, like you said, a year before, they're asking for permission to go to the bathroom, and now we're charging them twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, forty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars a year. That's crazy. And expecting them to be like, okay, so now you, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Great, it's a hundred thousand dollars a year, and you can get into debt for it, and end up paying millions of dollars back and you're going to have your fucking social security garnished to cover this ta- this student loan that you're never going to pay off. Yeah. I mean, we're burying our kids and it's just I'm not necessarily against college. I just think that college isn't necessarily for everybody and I think that we should prep our kids a little bit more for it before we just bury them in debt for it. Yeah, I par- I think Teachers have been saying that for years, though, too. It's like they're there to teach. They have a curriculum. You know, it's it's on the parents. You know, it really is on the adults around the person. Like, we talk about it as adults. Like, don't be the smartest person in the room. It's also, like, as an adult to not 
forget about these kids. They're not stupid. They're very moldable at a young age. And like, we didn't have that growing up. Like there was a, there was a lesson plan in place. And if you didn't hit all the boxes, Mm -hmm. you were to be a garbage man or you were to be, you know, a janitor. Well, and that's the problem too, is that all growing up, we were told that if you were going to go to a vocational school, or if you were going to be a construction worker or a plumber it's because you were a bad kid you were stupid you weren't cut out for college and it was it's just it was silly it's school district janitor has a 401k and a pension plan just like a teacher (laughs) right part part of the the same benefits a teacher has part of the problem in my opinion is twofold and there's more than that but there's a lot of people that can pass the test but they can't drive the car yeah right right and and why i say it that way is that there's a, a huge difference between book knowledge and, and real life. Second thing is is that, as you said earlier, kids are moldable. And in my opinion, and, and I'm just going to put this out there, so business owners or, or, or people that want to give back to the community, we need to be in front of those kids. Because what do you grow up to be? Something that you see, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so important to be able to visualize yourself and say, hey, I can see myself as an accountant. Yeah. I can see myself as a financial advisor. I can see myself as a business owner. But if you're not around those folks, you don't know what that person. Looks you don't. Like. You have no idea what that looks and we like. We weren't and that's, to that. And that's not, half the problem. Because yeah. if if I'm hiring somebody, and they can visualize themselves doing what I do, making what I make, having the lifestyle that I have, guess what? They're gonna want to sign on board. It's just like the you know Wolf of Wall Street. He's like, how much you make last month? Yeah, seventy-two thousand. Listen, you show me a check for seventy thousand, <laughs> I'm gonna quit right now. Right? Like it's the right. same thing. It's like I see that now. Yeah. But if they're just sitting around people that are in academics, which are very important, right? But that's not everything. And and again, my mind doesn't work that way. If you, it would have taken me ten years to get through a bachelor's degree worth of information just because. That's just how I am. I have no interest in learning about European arts of the 1400s. I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> when we, we went to a high school, we were really fortunate. We had like, we all went to the same high school. Just in, we, we were very, and you might have missed some of them, but we were very fortunate to have some old school teachers. Yep. They kind of like, they, they just were kind of honest with you. Yeah. And, and they weren't like belittling you. Yeah. But they were just honest. They were shooting the shit straight. Yeah. And like some of those people are still in the community that we're in. And like yeah. it's nice to see them. They're happy to see us. They yeah. they all knew that we had ability. Yeah. Like obviously I got an F in that class. I mean attendance <laughs> chemistry and, for me, it's what you're describing. Yeah. Uh, attendance yeah. slept got, in that class every day. Out of chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Apparently you need to have geography to be in chemistry and I never took geography. Let me tell you about the two semesters that I was in a, an engineering major. <laughs> <laughs> All I knew is that Mool Day was in October for us, and we got to bring in snacks. Beyond that, <laughs> couldn't tell you a freaking. Thing. And we were very, like I said, though, yeah. we were very fortunate to be in a small school with a lot of people that cared about you as a person. But like at the end of the day, you know, it's it's so fucked out there for these kids because like yeah. they're not they're going to be worse than us because at least we had boxes to check to think you were going somewhere. Yeah, these kids are going to be all over the map. They're not going to know where to go. Separated with information like yeah. So now the trade now yeah. 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 And it's that, and it's that quick okay. information too. Yeah. It's that fifteen second like mm-hmm. dopamine yeah. hit every yeah. time. Well, look at all these kids now that their biggest goal is to become a, an Instagram influencer. Yeah. My daughter yeah. she just said TikTok the other day. famous or Yikes. something. You know, because I know you go back to the school and I know you do some things. Yeah, there, right? yeah. I was going to bring I, that up. I, yeah, for sure. I think back to when we were in school, we didn't really deal with too many business owners. There wasn't too many no. people that were coming back. We had that guy, no, but you, you know, know, it's funny. When I finally did switch to accounting, 
you know, like I said, I went to Pitt Greensburg, and I'm not sure if I mean I'm sure this is the same way in uh, the other campuses, but in the accounting field, some of the professors were like did have accounting practices and things like that, and kind of just were like moonlighting a mm-hmm. little bit as a professor, like teaching a class or whatever. Those are my favorite professors. Because they were real. They weren't right. just reading out of the book. They were like, you know, I had one that I'll never forget, and he got fired. But <laughs> like, he, his classes were really good, but then he'd be like, he's like, all right, we have a test next class. Um, take your notebooks out. We're going to go over it together so you guys are ready. And we're like, okay. He's like, number one is A. <laughs> number two is B. And then we went through the whole thing, and he's like, it's an open notebook quiz. We'll see you next week. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? We had a guy, CCAC, that was a business law professor. And he said something to the class. He was like, the first student in this class that takes $500 and puts it into an IRA, I'll match it. I was in that class. J- James Jordan. Yes. I stopped the S&P <laughs> bank, and I opened up an yeah. IRA. I don't he, matched I yeah, yeah, he, he matched it. Yeah, he matched it. And then he started this principle, like, if you started a business with two grand, then whoever made the most money that semester in that business That's funny you brought got that a timeshare yeah. to Fort Lauderdale. Really? What yeah. class was this? It was business law yeah. at CCAC. He Jim, taught us. Jim yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Juti, Juti, Juti. Very one. interesting guy. And yeah. uh, so I already had a landscaping company at the time. And oh, I, you I, cheater. I, no, no. I, so I, I was in full disclosure with him. I said, hey, I have a landscape business. You know, we're already making revenue. He said, invest $2,000 into your business and see where it goes. So I bought a walk behind and I signed another like 150 yards that summer. I like big route that summer. And uh, me and my girlfriend, my high school sweetheart, we went to Fort Pompano Beach, Florida mm. in a timeshare. And and I, I think back to that guy a lot because – yeah. He's probably dead now. He's, he's counting on the people not doing it. We've talked about that before. Right. There's a barrier of just willingness that people will not go through they need for it. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You, you had a guy, the attorney, I forget his name. but Rocco. He had, I thought, such a great idea as far as like how his comp plan ran. Like, You need to learn how to incentivize people to create the right habits. Right. There's a saying out there, and, and I'll fuck it up, but basically like your habits are going to show – you what your results are like you can you can't control the results but you can control your habits which are going to create the results so like you, you reward those good habits like saving right it, it's not timing the market it's time in the market right yeah. and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be much um you know every year i go back to my uh go back to riverview and i talk to the kids and i just show them like hey if you take two dollars an hour from like age 16 to 20 two dollars an hour from work and i assume it's a, a 20 hour work week and we do that for that short period of time. If they do it just for that period, they get like 1.1, 1.2 million in their account. Yeah, and time. They, the kids have time. And that's time. it. They invest like 10 grand. And they don't have to put another nickel away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, you know, just trying to create those good habits for people. It's, yeah, the young, it's the young have time. You know, yeah. like yeah. we're still young. We have they time. Do. Yeah, we're good. I, every time I think I'm going to save money, though, and I'm like, I'm like, I still have your contact information, I'm like, I'm gonna hit them up. This is the year I'm gonna hit them up, and then I'm like, ah, I'm no, buy I'm this new business. Buy this new business, and, and and this lady wants out, so I'll buy her business too. No. So, what do you exp- tell, tell us? What we do? What you do with the kids in the school, and um, 
what 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 do you have going on with the school? Yeah, so what I currently have going on versus what my ambition is, I'll share both. So, um, one thing uh, that I'm blessed in is that I got into the industry I got into, um, and and learning that walking into a wall, I don't have to be the one that does it. I get to learn from other people, right? Um, sometimes we need to walk into the wall and find yeah. out that that shit hurts, right? <laughs> but then there's other times, and a lot of times, especially with wealthy clients, you know, I'll say, how'd you get there, right? What'd you do? And it's like, oh, I just started doing this, right? So anyways, um, in high school, in, in my opinion, financial literacy in this country is just piss poor, yeah. right? Um, people don't understand what the 401k is, don't understand what a savings account is, they don't understand what a pension is, they don't understand what a, what a stock or a bond, just like fundamental things, a will power of attorney like there's just basic things that you should have a grasp on i try to go back to the to the kids and just share with them like hey listen i again i'm not saying like i'm a wildly successful person i i I do pretty well um made bad choices made good choices i'm you 20 years ago right i used to fall asleep on that desk right there right i used to (laughs) you know i just try to try to help them understand who i am and where i came from and it's like well hey listen you know this is what you can do and there's a book I read a long time ago, and it talked about fi- family financial landmines. And basically, the the concept of it was is that when your kids are kids, you don't talk to them about money. Why? Because it's an adult subject. Right. And then they go off to school, and they graduate, and now they're what? They're adults, and they replicate the same mistakes that you did because now they're adults, and you don't talk to them about it. So they go out and they max out that credit card. They do all these bad things that, that bite them in the ass. And it's like, well, let's teach these kids about this stuff like early. And it, it, I teach them a little bit about taxes, just like basic stuff. I say, hey, here's what taxes are. You buy three scoops of ice cream, Uncle Sam takes one of the, one of those three scoops. So now yeah. you're left with two, right? Yeah. Simplest way to, to understand it, but to identify with it, right? I, mean, I hate like, Uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah, I hate him already. <laughs> well, try son to, of a I bitch. try to turn him into Republicans quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you teach him you're the in spoon. their campaign. <laughs> you teach you them found the, the loophole. Right you yeah. found the loophole to campaign yeah. in high school. But, yeah. Are you registered to vote? No? Get out of here. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, there's like credit card companies I heard of that would like sit outside of Wendy's, at, like at a local campus. Oh, yeah. And be like, hey, you sign up for this credit card, you get a free cheeseburger. And what do you think? Like, hell yeah, yeah I want a cheeseburger. Right? Yeah. Games, they used to give you a beach house. Yeah. So Ours was outside the, the bookstore. I got, a, I got a free cable plan, but I put $1,000 on books and it yeah. took me four years to pay yeah. off. <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. So, so I try to go back every year, just explain just basic things like, you know, just save, you know, pay yourself first. Yeah. Um, understand like there are things that help make you make money. Is it is it sexy? No. It's just a habit of I'm gonna treat myself as a bill and do that first. Try to talk to them a little bit about like having a game plan for school. Like don't just go to school just because that's what your best friend's doing, right? Like I had and I love them to death. One of my buddies went to a fine arts school for like an accounting degree and I always <laughs> you know him too, Jerry. But uh I, I uh you know think of myself like I don't think I'd go to a fine arts school and spend like 40k a year for a accounting degree mm. <laughs> right? like, I don't think I would have yeah. done that but um yeah so so I try to do that I go to Miss Vortex class it's actually I'm proud to say that I uh, I solicited for that class to be a call uh, uh, a requirement to graduate from school um so they go through you know just just fundamental stuff 
Um, and then I just try to go in there and just help them That's be awesome. exposed to something new. And and uh, my my eventual goal, I've worked with uh, with the principal down there, or I should say I am working with them. What I'd love to do is set up a scholarship for the kids. Um, for this one, it would be anybody in the school. Um, do like a financial literacy workshop for the parents. At the end of the day, the parents are going to drive habits. And if the parents have bad habits, guess what the kids are going to have? Also yeah. bad habits. Yeah. So if we can strengthen the community through that type of workshop and just teach them, like, here's what a will does. Here's how taxes work. Just get some professionals to say, these are the fundamental things you need to do that hopefully matriculates down to the kids. And then we have a you know, a community that's that's more financially secure. Uh, my goal is um, is that it's a free event if you have money to, to donate. 100% of the proceeds turn into a local scholarship. So if we get, you know, 20 people there and they put in 20 bucks a piece, we got a $400 scholarship for yeah. one of the students in there, right? Um, if they can't afford a thing, that's fine. Not a big deal. You can afford 100 bucks, great. That's cool too. Um, so we're trying to create those those, those good um, foundations, which again, it all starts at home, especially till you get out in the world and you get exposed to people. So. Um, Mr. Hewitt's supposed to be uh, working on that, so we'll see what the board has to say or whoever has to clear it through. So I think the superintendent and then school manager board. or whatever. I'm sure yeah, school so. board's going to want to look at it. Yeah, you know, I was laughing because I get kind of mad when people, like, tell people how to donate their time or money. And uh, the previous person, I guess, said, well, if he's going to use our facilities, we're going to charge him. I'm like, I'm donating my time. Yeah. I'm donating yeah. back into a scholarship yeah why are, you, why are you trying to charge me for the library so um a local guy pat mcafee yeah. plum guy yep he, he exactly he, who he i think of every struck time it, they, yeah, and they're sitting at the thing and they're like well we're gonna have to run it past the board i guess to like distribute these funds yeah and he's like no no it's, it's my money i'm giving it to you we're gonna fucking put it right where i want it to go yeah exactly right like so there is a power struggle with boards and any yeah. any application local school boards business boards everybody wants to and that's i don't know that's just here and there with us like we're more normal guys sitting at this table yeah. Yeah, the other thing that I do is I have a scholarship set up specifically for the football team uh, right. for, for one of the seniors. Um, not a ton of money, but uh, hopefully as I make more money and accumulate wealth, I'd love to grow it. But, um, you know, to me, you know, football, since I didn't have a degree football, again, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like it taught me so much. It taught me to be gritty, taught me to work hard. You know, nothing's given to you for free. Um and, uh, you know, I, when I have that scholarship set up that I put in my family's name, um, I have them write out, like, a business plan for their life for, like, five years. Nothing crazy. I have them set up what's called SMART goals, so specific, measurable, uh, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound. And just say, hey, where, you, where do you, where's your college career going to take you in five years? How's it going to benefit you? And could they pencil whip it? Probably they do. But at least they took a moment to think about it. Yeah. And and I require that to be eligible for the scholarship. And For the Alumni Foundation, we do an essay. Just yeah, like a same idea. Yeah. And it's just pause for a second. How was football valuable to you? Like, what did it teach you? And then secondly, like, you're doing this academically through school, whatever. And I don't care. I actually have in there, 
you're eligible if you open up a business or if you go to school. Right. That's what I put That's a in good mind. concept, too. I, so, I think that funds need to be available for everybody, you know. It's not a ton of money. I, I wish I was Elon Musk and yeah. I could write a check for like a hundred grand, let somebody start a business. I can't do that, but try to give them again just a little bit of hope, a little bit of. Yeah, we run a we run that golf outing every year. I think we gave four thousand or forty five hundred bucks to the program. Yeah, that's and awesome. in my head when we do it, it's like to me like I'm very negative. Like we probably should talk more. I'm very like my value of a dollar is kind of skewed but i'm thinking like man we had 120 guys there we should be able to get them more than four grand so then i write the check and i'm like ah man it's only four grand but then you start looking at their nuts and bolts and four grand goes a long way in a class a football program it can absolutely and it's four grand to find money for them they didn't have to worry about right and then then we do the scholarship every year and we keep we keep money out of the outing for the scholarship we'll do 500 bucks for the kid yeah and uh Growing up, you think it's a popularity contest, but it's not. It's it's about somebody that gets it, yep. you know. And uh, we we all know our who our head coach was, Jake Kappa. He sure. instilled a lot of values in us, and just yeah. even the community as a whole. And sure. we kind of look for a kid that gets that, you know. Agreed. So, but yeah, the the education for young kids. We, I think Mara said that we had a guest on here, and he said the original curriculum was developed by Henry Ford. Right. Yeah. So they want people to get to work when the bell blows. Yeah. Go to lunch when the whistle blows. Leave lunch when the whistle blows. Don't worry about your money because right. the company's going to take care of you in the long right. run. You have this little pension plan. Right. And we'll take care of you. Right. As long as you take care of us. Right. And unfortunately, that that day and age has sailed. <laughs> it's long gone. Well, here's what I'll I'll say to that is I think there's nothing wrong with working at Walmart. There's nothing wrong with working at you know Quick Fill any of that stuff. But for some people, it's not enough, right. you know, uh, it, and, and it's disappointing when some folks are put down for wanting to aspire for more, right? <laughs> you know, you get people that, uh, the one that kills me, it's like, and you guys will get this, Pat McAfee, we'll take his for example. I guarantee you, somewhere on Facebook, and who cares about Facebook, somewhere on Facebook, who cares? Is a, It's a write-off for them. It's like, you dunce. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's a word I haven't heard in a while. Like, seriously, like you don't. Speaking of Jake Kappa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, yeah, he just saved himself 20, you know, he's probably in a 40% tax bracket, but he saved himself 40% of a quarter million. Yeah, he saved himself 100K in taxes. Right. He still spent 250 doing something. He didn't have to do. He didn't have to do. And, and that type of stuff, I think that that should happen more. You know, there's other things we're trying to do for the school. Um, you know, again, just a great idea. I post an alumni thing. You know, people probably don't realize this. There's a bill for kids that can't afford lunches. It's like five grand, yeah. six grand down to high school. And so I'm just trying to like work at chipping away at that and, you know, just stuff that I'd rather do that than buy the person's coffee behind me at Starbucks. Right. You know, I, that's just how I am. I always, en- I always end that line. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the TikTok where the guy no, like, drives, drives around? Drives around. <laughs> 50 hamburgers, 50 yeah. cheeseburgers, yeah, 50 exactly. fries, 50 chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. he's, like, he's like, I need 10 Joe to goes. That's just so funny. The guy gets his bill. It's like, it was $120. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and like, you're like a critical thinker and you've dove into this field that you're in. So it's good yeah. for you to be like, because you're not the four bachelor degrees, one, two master degrees guys. The opposite you're of that. very relatable to these kids. And, and like, try to be. 
Mm-hmm. I hope they appreciate having you as an asset. That's yeah. awesome. Man. I don't, I don't uh, get some of their lingo anymore. But, yeah, I coached for a while, too, and that was a great experience, being able to coach some of the kids and just – I think I did, like, two or three years, and um, I was with Coach Todd Masick, who's a great guy, and, and some other folks. And, uh, yeah, I just try to give back, you know, just try to do shit that I would – hopefully again these kids like fast forward it's like okay well i'm in a position to give back and again it doesn't have to be monetary it could be through time it could be through whatever um and hopefully they do that too well this this might upset her but patsy kvortek was one of those people in our in our growing up process yeah you know that like i talked we had we were fortunate to have these teachers she was she had a way about her you know and it's funny because she like I always think of her as like the home row because yeah. like she was our keyboard oh, yeah. teacher with, and I, with and the I'm, like shoebox on top. Right, of her oh, and I'm like, yeah. this is such a crock of shit. Yeah. at that time. <laughs> yeah, but there is not a day that goes by that I don't like. Even my wife's like, oh, you're pretty good at typing. And oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, Patsy Kvortek knew what's up. Uh, that fox I'll, can run. I'll have a full-blown con- <laughs> I'll be clacking away having a full-blown conversation yeah, with people. Yeah. How do you do that? One of the things I taught myself as an adult that she drove home was not using cap locks and using shift. I, yeah. I mean, I, I rock shift all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she, she's actually, I said. I think I said it earlier, she's a class to go back to. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a difference between – the way I try to look at it is like you care enough to either make somebody succeed, yeah, or you know, and it, what else? I don't know. And, and if somebody's holding you accountable to your potential, that's not somebody that's being anything other than somebody that cares about you, right? Yeah. And, and it's the same thing. Like if if I had kids and I saw my kid failing, but you know, taking their first step, like you're gonna encourage them and you're gonna you know incentivize them to do that. Um, I. I I think that there's a lot of teachers uh, at that school that, and there's some more in particular that that you know. She got her career started at Newport Business School, so she was around adult, oh, like nice. young adults. Yeah, like she kind of could see. I didn't she know saw that. her end product. Mrs. K is awesome. Yeah, she saw her end yeah. product. By the time she got the review, she knew, she knew who she didn't want to create. She was tough, and and she knew it, and and she gave her time too. She was sure. a coach and just a great lady. I I. Uh, I did a pro. I did some of them with her recently. We last year we put some kids at prom because, like, yeah. In my business, it's just if you like, need help. Let me know. I'd yeah, love to participate. In we see kids so like cool. coming in that like twenty bucks breaks them to get a suit clean. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. To me, like I didn't think about it at the time, but like, when you go back to prom, that's your first real show and out as an adult. Yeah, like you're putting, you're getting, you're getting yeah. dressed up. You're fancy, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like some people can't afford it. Yeah, no, no and that's stuff. what. Like through the conversation of like some of the, my customers, especially the girls, man, they spend some money on yeah. those dresses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it was like one of the conversations I had with a customer was talking about how like the tickets are now like fifty bucks and yeah. like you know you start adding it just up just to go. Yeah, I mean, Oak, Riverview's fortunate; they have an Oakmont Country Club now. Yeah, uh, nice. and, uh, do it. Yeah, we That's were nice. able to. We always went to Edgewood. Edgewood. Yeah, Edgewood. yeah. Hmm. I, I just think like it just shouldn't be something that at that age you. Should, you shouldn't be told no because you'll talk to adults now and they didn't go to their prom and they, yeah, they're right. not apprehensive yeah. to tell you I didn't go to prom you, you, you need to experience life when yeah. you're, I mean you should experience life period and um, people struggle with that it's yeah. like you know you, you, work, you, you guys talked about it right like when you go on vacation every year you're like hey I shut down for two weeks or whatever yeah. right it's like go do that yeah. all those memories <laughs> what are we doing it for anyway right you know right yeah. 
We'll get you out of here with uh, some projections. I know you probably do that at work, but uh, we're not going to date the show, so we won't talk about the games this weekend. But uh, (laughs) who do you think is going to win Super Bowl 57? So our kids can look back and laugh at the Who do I think is going to win versus who I'd want to win? So obviously i got to say Pittsburgh I'd want. But I I, I think that Detroit has a really strong opportunity to win the Super Bowl. Wow. Thank you. Bite those kneecaps. Uh, hey, okay. I like you. it. Yeah. No, I think Detroit has. A if an point. NFC team's going to win, I want it to be Detroit. I love it. Listen, I, I like Detroit on the AFC side. Um, I hate to say it, Baltimore's tough, man. Okay, they'll be a tough out. No, no, I'd say the greatest kryptonite's Pittsburgh, which, from what I heard, they're supposed to have like snow. What do they call it? Lake effect. So we just dated the show. A little bit. <laughs> Sorry, it's supposed to have some uh, lake effect snow out there, but uh, well, the we Ravens just... game, lake effect, Maryland, no. love it. No, no Ravens over by. <laughs> I know, I know. But we're dating <laughs> oh, the show. Sorry, though. my bad. <laughs> you can edit that. What will be uh, the price of Bitcoin in twenty thirty? They just uh, announced like. Bitcoin ETFs, which yeah, I thought was very interesting. That was today, I think. I don't think people truly understand what Bitcoin is, and, I, and I'm I'm part of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I own. Could it ever? <laughs> I, I mean, it could crash, right? It could well, fall off the map. It could disappear. People always say, you know, like, what backs the U.S. dollar? Well, how about the U.S. military? Okay. <laughs> right? Let's just take that small, like, fraction of our GDP, right? Like, a, a, of our expense there. They got, you know, you got, and it's the world's currency, too. But Bitcoin, um, I, I don't personally have, I think a lot of people have, like, a negative connotation about it because, you know, people that do bad things will ask for Bitcoin because it's decentralized. Um but I think that it's too early in the technology to be relevant. But at some point, I think it will be relevant. How was that for a projection? <laughs> so by 2030, it might yeah. be relevant. How about rates? By June of next no, – What are interest rates in 10 years? Uh, I mean, who knows? Uh, 10 years is too hard. We might be five cracked again. Five, yeah. five weeks. What they're, what they're saying is, is two pullbacks. I don't know. I mean, people just have to understand the interest rates are a tool – to keep inflation down. Yeah. Uh, when they want to tighten the money supply, they raise rates. When they want to loosen it, they, they let it. They, they I don't lower. think most people realize the v- level of manipulation that our government has over us in so many different ways between interest rates affecting spending, affecting savings, of and then tax code affecting spending well, that's affecting what the tax trends code is meant to do is incentivize 100%. spending in certain areas that's right. why real estate has so much depreciation and, and well, that's and, why the these the electric vehicle yeah, credit the, the tax and, uh, all that and, 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 all that here we go yeah. we, we talked about this before <laughs> every first six every show. Show. Yeah. jerry well, loves tesla yeah <laughs> but uh, they're cute. <laughs> they're adorable. You know, the other thing is, uh, I was joking about the other day. I say it tongue in cheek. Like people talk about refunds. It's like, well, you know, why you got a refund because you paid too much taxes. I did. See that. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. it's like, it's you know, it, it, uh, take the time to kind of like understand. Like your CPA, like people or live poor and then they get a ten thousand yeah. dollar refund. It's like you could add that all year. Yeah, they're yeah. like, I've got the best CPA in the world. I got a. $8,000 refund. <laughs> <laughs> you charge extra, Jerry. Go get it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's just interesting to me how people don't understand. Like, And I, sp- I explained it to my mom. She was like, my refund's nothing. I'm like, mom, 
Good. Good job. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, you listen, all it. that is is you have a tax liability and you're making down payments on it. If you get a return, they made what? money on your money. You 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 paid too much. She's like, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, well, you finally took some financial advice from me. <laughs> <laughs> it took like 13 years. But, um, yeah, I, I see it all the time. Yeah, but it, then it, I've got clients that are like, like like you should like study it. Yeah, and. I have one client that every year he just wants to get as close as possible yeah. to zero, and he hit two dollars in one year, and he's like crying. I don't know if I'll ever beat that. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> that's solid. gonna be me. That's gonna be me for the rest of my life. Two dollars away. I got one buddy, and you know he, he's he's an electrician, and uh, he's like, I'm thinking about buying a house. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's like, well. I asked him, I was like, well, how much money did you make last year? He's like, oh, I think on the books, like 25000 I'm like, well, how big of a house are you looking for? He's like, ah, oh, like $200. i am nope. like, self And I'm like, under, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah and I'm scared. like, you have to understand that when a bank looks at you and underwrites you for a loan, they see you at $25,000 in income. Who's going to borrow? Who's going to let you buy a house that way? Does that sound familiar? Meanwhile... Meanwhile, you know, constantly, you know, he's he's like, oh, guess what? I just made three hundred fifty bucks today, like doing this work, and I was in and out, and it was cash, and it was cash on the report. And I'm like, listen, I I love it. I don't like paying taxes. Buy your house. I'll pay every tax I'm supposed to. I don't want to pay a nickel more. And um, which I'll tell you a story too. But um, yeah, I'm like, you got to understand, like, you got to you got to show something before you're allowed to buy a house. Like, you just have to like understand what you're giving up. It's a long game too, because as a business owner, you gotta sometimes you gotta take it on the chin for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta you you gotta start thinking about buying two years, three years in advance. Yeah, yeah. and I always tell people because I deal with a lot of real estate investors, and that's they're the they're the worst of it yeah. because they don't want to pay any taxes. Yeah. So they want to write everything off, everything. and they're like, "Well, I put a furnace in my house this year. Can I pretend like it was in a rental property?" And I'm like, "No," <laughs> but okay. But I have to explain to them, like, listen, you want you want a big refund. You want to show these huge losses. But then next year, you want to buy an apartment building. Yeah. The bank's going to look at this tax return, and they're no going to be like, you lost $400,000 last year. How do you know? Yeah. You, know, you just can't. Yeah. You can't. Those days I always are say yeah. paying taxes is like buying borrowing power. Here's yeah. the other thing that people are failing to recognize too, and I'm not throwing shade at you, Jerry, but God a lot of CPAs. <laughs> right now, we're in the lowest tax environment we've ever been. Mm-hmm. The lowest. Okay. And I talk to clients all the time. I'm like, listen, the, the appointment I was at earlier today, 1.1 million. Okay. They're like, oh, I'm going to kick this back to them 72. I'm like, no, you take this out over the next six years while you have no income. Because we're going to have you at a 12% or a 15% bracket. And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, let me show you if you don't. So I showed them projections, you know, 10 years, portfolio doubles in theory. You're you're now having to take RMDs on $2 million and your wife's filing single. Well, guess what tax bracket she's in? The 25 or 28% tax bracket. Meanwhile, I could have you out at 12 and 15 right now. So do you want to save 13% on $2 million or not? Yeah, but the rich need to pay more taxes, right? Listen, uh, everybody deserves to pay. Everybody should pay, but yeah. 50% of America doesn't pay any taxes. One of the That's analogies right. I recently heard was a um, girl comes home from her first semester of college for uh, talking to her dad, and she's like, you know, the rich need to be paying more. Students, they should be taking care of the students more, you know. And uh, 
he, she goes, you know, you got a 4-0, right? And she goes, yeah, and I worked hard for it. He said, Stephanie, your roommate, she partied every night. Yep. What'd she get? She, she said, she got a 2-0. He says, all right, well, you just give her one GPA point, then you're both at 3-0, yeah, and it's fair, fair, right? She goes, that's not fair. That's that's ludicrous. Yeah. I worked for that. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's what happens. That's the, the yeah. real world we live in. The rich pay a ton of taxes. It's in different av- avenues. And, and again, like people don't realize what they pay taxes on. You got FICA taxes, right? You own your own business, 15.3%, right? Right. up to 160 right. right? So then once you start making too much money, I'll say this. My... I was in the 32% tax bracket this last year in 2023. That means if you put it simply, January, February, and March, I made zero. I made absolutely no money because I'm in a 32% bracket. It's actually worse than that. Well, uh, no, that's I, I get it. Just factor oh, federal. I understand. Taxes. No, I get that. I'm yeah, just using that. Obviously, as you understand yeah. that. But, but the state's three point oh seven. Every time you buy gas, is fifty cents a gallon. Social Security, and Medicare, and yeah, all state that stuff. and unemployment. When you make too much, and, yeah. yeah, I mean, you got the Obamacare, uh, ta- the Obama tax. It's like two but hey, man, if you whatever it is, if you work for yourself or you own your own company, you're rich. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too is that everybody has that stigma. That stigma yeah. that you oh you own your own business, so you're doing really well. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday I was doing really well. Yeah. Today I yeah. just got fucked. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's or if you have someone that works for you and they make a good salary, you yep. know, and they want more, yep. they don't ever see how much. Like so, if that employee makes forty five, yep. they don't see how much it costs you to employ them. Yeah, that, that forty five is actually sixty. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, you All can right. add you can add fifteen to every every check. I had uh, I had a lady that told me, and she didn't like me after this comment, <laughs> and I don't care. She didn't do business with me. And again, I don't care. She had like 800 grand. And I was sharing like the tax avoidance strategy for the internet. Tax avoidance is legal. Tax evasion is illegal. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you go to jail for tax evasion, not tax avoidance. Okay. Glad you cleared that up. We're Thank only you. 10 I, episodes I, in. I, 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 I someone saw cleared it up for us. I saw an eyebrow raise. I was like, oh. <laughs> Randy's on to something. But she's like, oh, I should pay more in taxes. I was like, did you know you can pay it? You can pay the IRS. You can send them a tax bill for the national debt. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if you feel like you can pay more taxes, write them a check. Send it to the IRS. And you can deposit. She didn't like that answer. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you telling other people to pay tax bills? Like, why are you pointing everywhere else? I, I have a problem when people will tell other people things, but they won't sacrifice themselves. Like, okay, you think that this person should get into that college? Give up your seat in that college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lead by example. You think that I should pay more taxes? You pay more taxes first. Lead by example. That's all it and- is. The the fact is is that the vast majority of people that are screaming that you should pay more taxes are probably paying zero. And getting money back. Because, like you said, nearly 50% of the American population pays zero federal taxes. Zero. And a lot of them get money back. Yeah. That, I wonder, what's the they get a credit. Yeah. And and that's the other misconception that, that drives me crazy, too. Well, what am I what's my refund? Refund? You paid in two thousand, you're getting eight. Yeah. That's not a refund anymore. Right. That's my money now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, uh, I'll say this. Last year, not including like property or anything like that, I paid north of fifty in just income. Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Some people don't make that in a year. Right. And it's not a brag. It's nothing. Right. Um, that's not the purpose of the statement. But no, it's nauseating. When, it whenever is. you look at it and you're like, well, wait a second. I paid north of 50. Yeah. And you're telling me I got to pay more? That's insane. Yeah. And again, that. like you look at business owners. That payroll tax line on that, that report you send me every two weeks when I do payroll. I look at that and I'm like, you know, yeah, granted, this money's going to some good. But, like, if they would just give me that money for half the year, I could change my employees' lives. You take, I could give them yeah. a foot up. You take that money and you throw it in the S&P, and this is a fully, as in a financial advisor, <laughs> you throw it in the S&P, you'll rock what Social Security is doing. They only put it in Treasury bonds. Right. So you want 10% on your money, or do you want, like, two and a half, three? Yeah. I'll take 10 all day. That's not a guarantee, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is not financial this advice. Is, yes, <laughs> yeah, you, this. You, you go to a bigger company, they offer a 401k, they offer yeah. a retirement plan. Now, yeah. a small company, we can't afford to do it. Yeah. We can't match. But, like, if you would take, let's just say 10% of our payroll tax and sure. allow us and, and, and earmark those funds for a 401k for my employees, yeah. and that's the only way to legally take it out without paying it. If they would allow you to do that, you would be able to change someone's life. Instead of them working until they're 68, they're done at 65. And they're not relying on Social Security. I heard of one person that did that for somebody. And what they did was um, is, is they effectively – they did like the, the payroll tax, but their bonus, they, unbeknownst to the employee, would take that money and invest it. And then whenever it's time for that employee to retire, they cut them a check. Yeah, out of that account, which I thought was super cool, and it was it was a six figure check. Yeah, in this day, and age, cool. people leave because they didn't get eighty bucks at Christmas time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, you're hundred percent. But right. if, if they just mm-hmm. would tote that company yeah. line, yep. you know, there's something. Nobody for, starts at the top. Yeah, there's something to be said for longevity. You know. Yeah. But it's just sure. not there. Like kids will jump jobs. We talked about it earlier. You were saying about Walmart working at Walmart. Yeah. Guy listens to the show. He's a Clarion alum, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll never forget we were talking. They had a job fair at Clarion, and he's he's looking at all these companies, you know. And one kid in his class, there was Walmart was there, mm-hmm. and they went over and they sat with Walmart like in this job fair, and the kid took the job at Walmart and was making like seventy two thousand dollars as a regional manager for yeah. Walmart right out of college, and and like he was like like everybody's baffled by that. Like, yeah. well, what are you doing talking to Walmart? Yeah. Well, there's corporate jobs inside of yeah. Walmart, too, you know? Listen, like a Chick-fil-A, you and Chick-fil-A, you're making bank. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, again, you got a ton of stress. Um, yeah. But you can make money in, in what people could just simply gloss over. Yeah. It's 100% possible. There's a lot of lot of avenues to make money. It's a lot of avenues to invest your money. That's why you got to have a good investment banker, somebody that knows the game. I, I don't have that license. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Fuck it. We'll mind. Any investment bankers who want to be on the show, yeah. <laughs> reach out to us. Between Two Bridges podcast. Uh, that's funny. All right. Well, we're getting to the end here. Yeah. So anything Thanks else? for having me on. Is there any other tricks or trade tricks of the trade or any? What's the one thing you'd do if you had two thousand bucks extra right now? Yeah. Uh, trick of the trade is is, is follow a budget. <laughs> Find an extra two grand. Um, if you have the ability to invest it in yourself, you're going to do the best. Have ability to invest in your business, you'll do way better than than anything I can offer. Um, but whenever those two things aren't available, you can't improve your situation or you can't improve your business. That's when you talk to somebody that can help you. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, but some advisors would probably disagree. But 
How do people get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, I always say through Jerry. Email Jerry. Call Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Business secretary. So uh, what I'll say is is that in all seriousness, just so I don't disclose who I work for and all that stuff, um, you could you could talk to anybody on this podcast. I'll make sure you can connect with me that way. And All right. Yeah, email us. We'll forward it. What, to what, what I'll also add is like you don't have to be so wealthy that that you know. I, I yeah. Want you to do the right thing. You may not be my client, but I at least want you to get solid solid uh, direction, uh, so you do the right things. But uh, I'm always bringing on new clients. So no spend January is not a financial long term plan. Hey. <laughs> you just can't double up in, in, in February. You, know, you can't say, oh, well. I still think it should be hashtag get a job January. Hashtag get a second job get if you don't have a first job, job January. David is hiring. So. <laughs> it's funny because I'm leaving for Key West February 1st, so I'm not going to spend any money in January, and I'm going to oh, triple down I would in be, February. Yeah. I'd, be, if you're I'd be eating ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly, and then as soon as February gets there, like surf and turf, baby. <laughs> <laughs> <Let's do it>. yeah. <laughs> like your sodium's through the roof because yeah. of all the ramen you there ate. There was that collegiate job. <laughs> there was a guy on the radio today. There was a guy on the radio today that we listened to, and, um, and he said, nah, you know, instead of this, no spend because you're affecting people on a daily basis sure. like people's jobs like tips yeah. and wages servers sure. and bartenders yeah, and yeah that makes sense he was like how about just if you don't have a job get a job yeah and if you're not making enough at your one first job get a second job yeah you know yeah so but we'll be all right yeah the united states will be all right we'll figure it out yeah. yep that's for sure these kellers don't run that's right <laughs> we'll wrap it up yeah, we look forward to uh, cool. seeing you ref on Saturdays, man. All right, That's, sounds uh, good. good I'll, can't wait. I'll uh, try not to blow any calls for you. All right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like getting booed. It hurts my feelings right. sometimes. <laughs> if I had a feeling, it would hurt it. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, everybody. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Appreciate Thank you very much. Thanks. Very good. Thank you for listening to Between Two Bridges, a business-to-business podcast. Find and follow us on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Like and subscribe, and leave us a rating and review. You can join us socially on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Yes, we still call it Twitter. You can email the show at info at betweentwobridgespodcast.com. Until next time, make it till you rake it.